So I've been reading a book lately for about a week now. I've read it before, actually, back in seminary. And um, this is the one I shared with you this morning. is Worship and Witness, which really, of course, mm-hmm. I mentioned it in our last episode about worship. And one of the big things about it, it was really funny because it's these two guys, and to me they kind of sound like – Christian academic nerds, <laughs> which is like, which would be funny, but one of them is a, he teaches, he teaches worship classes or did back in the day. I don't know if they still do or not, but he taught worship classes and the other taught evangelism classes. And they'd have these debates that kind of go back and forth on what's the biggest like purpose of the church. Is it worship or is it evangelism? Hmm. And so that got me thinking and everything. And, of course, they, they kind of reached this conclusion. They write this book together. It's, it's a study book. And, it, and it's, no, it's actually Great Commission worship. It's that worship and witness are two sides of the same coin, that we worship and then in turn it's just so infectious it sets us so on fire that we turn around and we invite other people into it. So we kind of talked about this last week, right? We did. We did. And so jumping off from that for this week, we had talked about, you know, like we want to do a, a, a little bit, Shorter segments, like shorter like scripture talks and just off the cuff, something we've studied before, something we've read before we've been brushing up on, but just kind of off the cuff conversation what, and see, see what happens with it. And so we're like, you know what? Let's do that. Let's do the great commandment, Matthew mm-hmm. 22, and the great commission, Matthew 28. And so um, you want to take that? That's my bad. That's my bad. No. You want to take it? No, is, we're good. Is it an emergency? No, it's dead. Oh. <laughs> so it's probably all good. Probably, he probably called me, asked me to come back to work or something. <laughs> like, no, I ain't come back to work. I'm podcasting. <laughs> he probably asked me to come back to work. But no, I'm excited about this one, okay? Because this is something uh, very true and dear to my heart, um, which I feel like it is for a lot of us. Well, I mean, if you're. Any believer in Christ mm-hmm. should be, you mm-hmm. know. Well, it's the big, it's the big uh, pressure point, the the kind of pinching point, the pain point in culture right now is, which I feel like has been for a lot of cultures throughout history. But what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. Well, we've did, we've did a lot. Like, what's of, my meaning in life? We've did a lot of talks um, about this, especially in like you know, I talk a lot about the uh, little group of guys that I have, mm-hmm. uh, that we kind of meet up and talk in which it's yep. been since COVID, you know, I mean, things have been slow. Smaller group. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot smaller groups. Yeah. Uh, but before COVID, you know, we, we were having some, some really uh, big groups and some good guys were coming and really enjoying that. But one of our main focus topics were, was disciple making. Mm, uh, yeah. and we talked a lot about that, like for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, like we really, really dove into that. Not only that, but like, we had like a big thing going around there because in our Sunday school class, which at this time I was not teaching it, Pastor James yeah. was teaching it. And so th- he uh, was reading the book uh, from David Platt, which was uh, Radical. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we were going through the Radical book by David Platt, which awesome book, highly recommend it if you guys yeah, haven't absolutely. listened to it or read it. Um, I'll say listen because I do a lot of audible books. Um, but we Radical's were going through good. a lot uh, of that. Follow me. Follow me, yeah. That's also that's the uh, uh, kind of like the follow up to radical. Wasn't multiply it? was also a follow multiply, up with yes with he, Francis Chan. With Francis right? Chan, yeah, that's a good one. They they both did that book, uh, just really good books, uh, yeah. uh, kind of about that same thing. But we basically went over like all those, okay, and we were just doing them, doing book after book, doing these talks about just like what does it mean to be a disciple, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, and you know, and we kind of that we kind of went through a thing there, which I still like doing is. Uh, Whenever I refer to myself as uh, as a Christian, 
instead kind of substituting him with I'm a follower of Jesus or I'm, or I'm, a, I'm a Jesus follower instead of just being like I'm a Christian just because like it, got, it gets so like doled yes. down and, and used and used and used well, and used. And that's funny. Like I've, I've heard people, you know, that kind of became popular in certain circles, you know, a little while back. And it's, it's been slow to pick up here. Right, yeah. Which I understand. It's like we're we're kind of in an area where a lot of people are, they're very familiar with the idea of what a Christian is, and actually that's kind of the danger in our area. A lot of people probably do legit know what a real Christian is, you know. But when you look when you look at the evidence in their life, when they themselves look at the evidence of their life, they may not be a legit Christian. Right. And so I really I really love to to say that Jesus followers mm-hmm. to say you know followers of Jesus or followers of the way of Jesus. Well, because if we if we really look back at at Scripture and at the mm-hmm. history of Jesus and his teachings and uh, the way that he called people. Uh, in the Bible, in the New mm-hmm. Testament, through the Gospels, um, it was a call to follow him. He called yeah. people to follow him. Okay, it wasn't to just be a, the the word the word Christian was in the Greek. I, I'm totally going to botch these numbers, you know. But I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm I'm thinking. I remember hearing reading time. It, it's less than five. Right. It's probably less than five times you see the word Christian in the in the Greek New Testament, right. the original language it was written in. What you see over and over and over and over over is the word disciple. Mm-hmm. And a disciple was to be not this is not come and learn all of that I have in my head. Let me teach you. It's not, oh, come and be a student of me. It's actually come and be a follower. Come be like me. Be you basically you become who your your teacher, mm-hmm. your rabbi is. And we yeah, we actually you become like them. We actually dove into some of that when we were doing our studies and, and we were seeing that the word disciple, being a follower of Jesus, that's where that you know obviously comes mm-hmm. from. But being a disciple uh, for people in those days, what that meant was literally dedicating their lives to their rabbi or to their teacher. I mean, they would literally yes. follow around them, follow them around all day long. They were literally with them twenty four seven, following behind every footstep they made, seeing everything that they did. They wanted to do it. Just like they did, mm-hmm. everything that they mm-hmm. said, they wanted to say it just like he did. Or, yes, or she, you, whatever. you immerse yourself in who they are and imitate it. Right, you become like them. I even find it funny. I look at it and I, I, I look at other um, worldviews, other other all encompassing worldviews, ways of life that people engage in, relig- mm-hmm. world religions and things. And it's funny. I, I see things like it's called Mormonism, right, or it's called you know Islam. Or things like that, or other—they're all the isms, you know right. what I mean. And I was—I was really studying that because I'm—I'm actually preaching this Sunday coming up on July fourth, and I, I was looking at—I'm like, man, there's just so much panic, there's so much fear, there's so much just tension and everything, and it's just this war of the isms in America right now, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. It's like capitalism versus socialism, right? Marxism, it's racism. You know, it's all these isms and everything. I'm like, they all in an ism. I'm like, I is in search of meaning. I'm convinced ism is in search of meaning <laughs> is That's what good, that yeah. comes down to. And what I realize, I'm looking at, I'm like, they're all just tools. Mm-hmm. But what we've done is we've elevated the tool to become this all-encompassing worldview to try to provide meaning, right. and it's always going to fall short. It's always going to fall short. I can't take something that's meant to be a part of something or a tool in somebody in a tool belt, and re- you can't take a tool and replace the the carpenter himself with the tool in his tool belt. Mm-hmm. It won't work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at all these things, and then I come and I'm thinking, this probably is just a bit of a happy accident. But I'm looking, I'm like, you know, it's not called Christianism. 
it's called Christianity. And I'm looking at the ending of the word because I'm weird and I do stuff like this. I-T-Y. I know, I know. I analyze things way too much. But I'm looking at like I-T-Y, Christianity. And that that suffix I-T-Y is a quality or state of being. Oh, I did not know that. And so I'm like, oh, that is interesting. We have all these isms, all these things all this other stuff that's vying for it. But then when it comes to even the word in the English language, which is so weird, and probably just, a, like I said, a bit of a happy accident, but even the word in the English language, if when you break it down, is the quality of being Christ-like. That's I'm amazing. Like, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. I'm yeah. like, that's cool. And so we wanted to kind of dive into scripturally a little bit more. Okay, well, where we, where's that coming from? What about the the you know this idea of great commission worship? Where are we getting the idea that it's all about loving God and loving people? Mm-hmm. So really, that would as much as I would love to jump because, like I said, you know, the great commission is just that's something that weighs heavy on my heart because that's just something that uh, it's something you can't explain because whenever mm-hmm. I became a Jesus follower uh, and I truly became a Jesus follower, so that was the difference for me is that. That was the biggest difference that I noticed that, you know, before I, I, I worshipped, you know, or, or I, I tried to worship, you know, I was in church and, and all this other stuff. And liked it. And I liked it, yeah. yeah. But it's like there was never really this call or this feeling that I had, bad or good, towards the lost world. Mm, yeah. And, like, whenever I really decided, like, you know what, like, God, like you are holy, you you have given me grace, you have showered me in love. Like, I, you I you deserve you deserve me to have you know you know what I'm saying. Like I mm-hmm. I should be all encompassed to you. And whenever I finally got a hold of that, then all of a sudden, which I've actually shared this story on the podcast in my class and stuff before. Um, but you know, I'm, I remember that after that, I was at the gym, you know, and I'm sitting there, I'm on the treadmill, and it was just like. You need to tell somebody about Jesus. You just need <laughs> yeah. you just need to tell somebody. Yep. And I'm thinking, it was just midday, and I'm thinking, buddy, there ain't nobody in here. And I turn around, there's a guy <laughs> and there's standing a over dude there. There's the one person, right? Yeah, like there's a one person in the whole gym, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, because it's not even like I seen him. I was like, you need to tell him about mm-hmm. Jesus. It was just like, you need to tell somebody about Jesus today. And I'm like, yeah. well, yeah. there ain't nobody. Well, let's here. push back on that though, because and you and I were discussing this before. There, there are people in in, in Christian circles. We're actually talking about within within the church, people in Christian circles who would push back and say, "Ah, yeah, maybe you're overblowing that a little bit." This whole idea of what we refer to as the Great Commission that comes from Matthew 28, where Jesus says, "Go therefore into all the world." Right? He says, "All authority has been given to me. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples." Right? right? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and everything. They're like, ah, "That's not really a command for all." Christians as individuals. It's like, oh, it's a command for the church in general, for and, and almost like there's people who are called to be missionary, which there are, mm-hmm. but it's the work of the missionaries or the evangelists or whoever else to go and preach the gospel to the world, right. and that almost like you as an individual don't have a personal responsibility for evangelism. But so, so that's why I think we wanted to, before we jump straight to Great Commission— in this kind of worship mm-hmm. and witness little mini segment series thing, we wanted to jump to okay, hold up. Where are we coming from when we say to tell somebody about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to love them? Mm-hmm. 
Because I think that's really what it comes down to. That that ought to be our motivation for it, not just oh, Jesus said we sh- Jesus said we should do it, and it's the right thing to do. And let me check the box and well, say that I'm being. It's it's a love. We're called issue. To, we're we're all called to witness in different ways, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously there are people that are called to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in, it, which you know, you know, let me back up on that. You know, in a way, we're all we're all called to be missionaries. Okay, but. For our definition purpose of what a missionary is, yeah, yes, there are people called to leave their home city, leave their home state, leave the country for, for somebody to go into an area that's like entirely unreached. Yes, and to go and, and, and to plant to churches, the world, and to, to start new works of yes, mission that, advancement. That, there, that does happen, and there are people who feel that call and feel that mm-hmm. need and fill those gaps, and that's great, and that's awesome. And it's our job to support them. You know, we actually see that in Romans, you mm-hmm. know, when Paul go- comes through. And Paul, whenever Paul is going to Spain, okay, he's, uh, or he, he's writing to Rome. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't write to, uh, in Romans, obviously, uh, he doesn't write in the Romans in their letters. And he's like, hey, I'm going to Spain. Everybody come with me. Everybody, you know, this is the Great Commission. Right. Everybody come with me and join on. We're going to get in a big boat. And we're going to go to, or, you know, I don't, they may have been able to walk. I I'm not a geographic person, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where Spain is. <laughs> but They could have walked. It would take a while. Okay, so they it's may have quicker to be on a boat. They able to walk. I don't know. <laughs> They've been quicker to but, be on a boat. But either way, Paul wasn't like, hey, come with me, come with me, come with me. He just wanted their support. And he's asking oh, yeah. for donations, for, yeah. for money or food. He, want, or he wanted the them case. to pray for him. To monetarily support the mission, if people felt called to go, mm-hmm. to go and be and you right. know, physically be there. But yeah, so that that point being the fact that yes, I don't believe that every single person here is necessarily called to you know go to South Africa and mm-hmm. try to witness to people. Well, it says to 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 the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. which we forget is sometimes where we're at. Right, it's like that's where we are. I mean, I don't know if people have forgotten this, but Jesus didn't give this command to the disciples in the middle of America. Well, see, I, I think this is none of them had ever been there. America is the ends of the earth. If you look geographically from where this command was actually given in well, Israel, see, I think personally, I think this is where we get confused, and this is kind of where we get mixed up. Um, they, we hear the Great Commission, okay, and we hear going to the to, you know to all the earths, and we hear missionaries, okay, mm-hmm. and so we think. Okay, and here's what we do: we get, we think okay, uh, and which not everybody, but we think okay. So I'm gonna go, or, or this person's gonna go, and they're gonna go to this unreached area who's never heard the gospel, who's never heard the name God, who's never even heard of this man named Jesus, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them about it, and then I'm gonna leave, and whether it, so I told them about it, so now they can't say okay, well they didn't know, they don't know about God, they don't know about Jesus because I went over there and I told them about it, and so so now they know. But and now, you know, that's their choice to believe it or not, you know, whatever. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm. So that's why we need the same thing here, too, because we know about Jesus. We know about God. We know the stories. But that doesn't mean we get it. Right. That doesn't mean that we get it. <laughs> and and preaching the gospel uh, to the world, bringing the gospel to the whole world, is not just the knowledge necessarily of there is a God and, mm-hmm. and your Jesus came to die for your sins. It's... Well, guiding people we're doing that. an amazing job of jumping into Matthew 22 before we talk about the Great Commission. Yeah, right no, here. I thought about that. <laughs> I'm like, so let's just go ahead and go there for a second, though. Let's go. Let's go to Matthew 28. Like we're we're on it, man. Like we're just gonna. This is gonna be more free flow, and we'll go where we go. We we'll talk about what we talk about. So Matthew 28. You know, I look at it, 
And he actually says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing or immersing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them. And notice there's, there's in the English you know, translations, there's two words there. You know, it may have been one in the Greek. I'm not really for sure. But there is word or words in between teaching them everything. He doesn't say, go into all the world and teach them everything I've commanded you. He says, go into all the world and teach them to observe. It's not a head knowledge. And until it comes to a point where we are going and we are actually living it out and modeling it and actually teaching them to live it out and model it and actually become a real disciple, not a student... He didn't say go make students. Don't go. He didn't say go make converts. Go make people who understand the gospel. Go make disciples. People who live the that's gospel. Great. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's. I didn't even realize necessarily. Teach I, them I, to yeah, observe. Yeah. I didn't even necessarily realize that it said that after that. I guess just because I, so, I get so caught up on the go therefore make disciples and then you know kind of you know kind of yep. drop off right there. But yeah, that goes perfectly kind of with what I was saying. Is that. That word teaching, okay? So it's not just a... It's not, it's just, not a, just teaching content. It's I am teaching going to, them to do. Yes, it's not just a... Well, and, it, and which the word... And teaching implies that there is... That there's time and effort involved. Yeah. You, you see what I'm it's it, a... Teaching well, to use the is fancy not, terminology of theology, it's incarnational. Like in the flesh, you're there with them, life on life. Mm-hmm. They are observing you well, it's like, do it. You're actually teaching. It's like if I go you can't to, do it if you're never there. It's like if I go to some foreign land or nation or whatever that, you know, that doesn't know math, and I go, I walk in, and I say, ah, listen, I've been called to tell all of you that two plus two is four. <laughs> and then it's like, now y'all know two plus two right. is four. I'm out. Hope y'all got it. That's good. You know, it's like, okay, so that, that's all that you left them with is just mm-hmm. the it's just the basic, just the most basic. You know, I didn't teach them I didn't teach them why two plus two is four. I didn't teach them about any numbers or whatever the case may be. Like you didn't teach them anything. All you told them. And that's kind of the same concept. If we go in with the mindset of, okay, well, they just need to know the head knowledge of it. Just yes. you know, oh, okay, well, there there's a God and there's a dude named Jesus that died for you. I really hope y'all get it and understand it. Peace yeah. out to you. Well, I heard a no, great example. They're like, man, what if we like, if we're going to plant a new church or something, and somebody's like, oh, we want to put this billboard up, and it's like, it's going to say, you know, something about being born again. <laughs> cool. You actually would still have a lot of people in North America that would get that. They'd be like, oh, cool. That's that has to do. I, I recognize that enough. That has to do with Jesus. That's like a gospel thing. It's a Christian thing. If you go to India and you put up a billboard that says something about being born again, they're going to be like. This means nothing. Yeah. Of course, everybody's born again. We're all reincarnated. <laughs> right. It's yeah, karma. That's a, that's a yeah. That's a yeah. common thing. About yeah. It. It's um, you know, it's a, that's a, that's a big thing in a lot of Eastern religion, Hinduism, mm-hmm. Buddhism. You know, it's a reincarnation. It's like oh, and you've got to improve your lot in life and get better as you go by by the idea right. that you're going to live a good life and karma is going to repay you with right. an even better right. life the right. next time around. And so this idea of being born again. You gotta explain it more, mm-hmm. and you gotta show them what it means to actually like live it out. And so, I think the big question that we come up against, though, with with what little time we have left for this segment, is why. Mm-hmm. This is literally like the last thing. This is kind of like the last thing that Jesus says to his disciples, right? Which you know, we we mentioned this a whole lot on the podcast, and so 
at the end, he's, you know, he's telling, he ascends and, and he's like, Hey, this was what he told them right before that. And so we're like, okay, this is kind of a big deal, right? Why did Jesus choose his final moment here with them to give them this directive, to give them this, as we call it, great commission? Well, I believe it, it was because this is the point of his church. Mm-hmm. This is the purpose of his church is that every culture worships something. Every culture has a God of the system. And the living God, the true God, the one God that's real is not the God of the system in most places in the world. There's no worship of the one true God occurring in those places, and so we go, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, the the famous audio clip from John, uh, was it John Piper? I think it was John Piper. It's like the, you know, missions exist because worship doesn't, you know? And it's like, and like that's that's the big thing is like, that's why this great commission was necessary. And that's why Jesus had to give it was because there is an eternity at stake. Well, that's actually, that's kind of funny that you said that because uh, a decent example of that is I was, we were watching The Chosen the other day. Mm, and yep. I need uh, to watch this. You do need to watch it. It is absolutely phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Um, but re- regardless, and you know, I'm sure that I'll mention that again later, but uh, there's a scene on there where uh, Jacob uh, and all of his sons, they mm-hmm. had just moved into the land of Egypt, Egypt, I guess, whatever. Uh, and they were, they're digging this well, okay, and they're trying to find water. And, mm-hmm. you know, this guy, random guy comes along and he's like, what are y'all doing digging, like? Because I don't know nothing about elevations, but like apparently, like they were like at the top of this mountain, you know, and there was like obviously like there's not gonna be any water up here. Like you're not gonna dig down and find any. Which they're talking about. Uh, he said underground streams or whatever, but you know they're talking mm-hmm. about wells. And he's like, you're... oh, so it must have been must have been like land of Canaan then. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about like Jacob's well. Yes, yeah, yeah yes. So in the land of Canaan. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's before it's before there's the drought, the famine, and they all end up in Egypt. Yes, you gotcha. Yes, okay. So that's actually he he's mentioned that he's like it's not rained and you know blah 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 blah. He's like there's not going to be any water. You know the, the the ground's dry. You're not going to be able to find mm-hmm. water, whatever the case may be. And Jacob's like, and which obviously you know this uh, this a lot of this is just uh skepticized from the bible and uh, uh not all of it necessarily was actually said in the bible and so they kind oh, right, of right right kind of like creative license like they're right. kind of dra- dramatizing yes, it yes, and everything yes. yeah so obviously like the well and all that stuff was, was real but they you know they are dramatizing it and the guy comes up to me and he's like you know hey he's like you're not going to find anything here what are you, what are you doing and he's like well you know my my god provides and he's like my my god is going to provide for this and he was like Really, he was like, "Well, we have all kinds of gods here. What what god do you serve?" <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Where is he?" Because it's only like him and like you know his twelve sons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Where you know where is it?" Who, right, he's looking for like yes, he's a looking thing. for tangible yeah. god. And he's like, well, "Well, you can't see him." And he's like, "The guy's confused." He's like, "What god you can't see?" He's like, "Yeah, he's like that, 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 this does not compute. This, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense." He's like, "We have tons of gods, but you know we have calves and we have you know mm-hmm. golden idols and we have." Men or whatever you know, houses yeah. and one of the, all this everybody, stuff. If everybody even had like the little carving, their little miniature like family idols that they carried mm-hmm. in their tents, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what he's saying. He's like, where, "Where is your God? Where is this God?" And Jacob's like, "No." He's like, "My my God is is the invisible God. My God is with us wherever we go. My God is you know mm-hmm. omnipresent, omni you know whatever." And then like about that time, one of the sons yells, and he's like, "Dad, we found it!" <laughs> and so they turn around and they mm-hmm. go over there and they've 
you know, strung a leak in the ground, and the ground kind of starts bubbling up, and some water starts coming from the ground, and the guy's just mesmerized, and he's like, he looks at me, he's like, who is this God of yours? Mm-hmm. He's like, let me serve him. Okay, so it's like, it's a really, it's actually a really powerful moment, you know, kind of gives me a little bit of chill bumps thinking about it, you know, just because it's a really, really powerful moment in the episode, and he's like, who is this God? Let me serve him. And, uh, but basically, the whole reason why they did that is because they're doing like a flashback scene, uh, because they're, they're taking a scene from the woman at the well, uh, and mm, they made yes. the woman at the well be at the same well that Jacob dug, uh, and just you know to give it emphasis and whatnot, you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they're trying to give backstory to how the well got there, and they flash back to Jacob. But I, I just say that to say like this guy was totally confused. He had no idea. Like if, if Jacob had just been like, oh yeah, you know, well we believe our God's going to provide, you know, whatever, and left it at that, that guy would have had you know been yeah, well they're you know golden statue that they're carrying around with them, or they're. You know, whatever the case may be, yeah, he, he'll, I bet you, you know, hopefully he'll provide for him. Good on you, mate. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, no, he didn't leave it there. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, my God's the invisible God. My God is the all present God. My God is the holy God, the one true God. And then proceeds to show him, you know, and he's like, come here, come here, let me show you something. And he shows him, you know, and so it's just like, it speaks to that. You know, Jacob was even in the Old Testament and in, in that essence, which obviously, again, this is, you know, this is makeup, but in this series, Jesus, uh, Jacob was, Kind of in a way fulfilling Great Commission. Yes. Before it was ever even, yeah. you know, brought well, and up. And like, that's the thing. I mean, like, but you, you were talking about it showing the same well. It's because it, it is actually the same well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it may be, but yeah, I was like, no, it was. It was. It was. Uh, he goes to uh, the, the town of Samaria called Sakar near yeah, the property yeah, that yeah. Jacob had given his son Joseph. Yes. And it says Jacob's well was there. This is John 4. And Jesus went out from his journey, sat down at the well. And it's like, and I love that, and then, and, and our time's pretty much up for this segment. But I want to say this before we go. I love that though. That like, it, it says that he had to travel through Samaria. No, he didn't. Have you ever looked at a map? Mm-hmm. He didn't have to go through Samaria. There's mm-hmm. no, like, there's no reason he had to go through this town of Sakar. Mm-hmm. Like he, could, they totally could have gone a different way. There was absolutely no reason geographically. There was nothing constraining them to go through this town, mm-hmm. other than Jesus being on mission being on point with what he knew from the Father he had to Gee. do. And so he goes, and, and I love the fact that you can look and you can see that God has orchestrated history. God has been, he is the living God who is orchestrating it all as he goes. And so you see the son of the living God literally go through a town that he didn't actually have to pass through if he wasn't on mission from God, and he sits down at a well that the man that God chose to establish a nation through mm-hmm had dug, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before, and he sits down at this same well and has this encounter that is forever recorded that just changes everything. Jesus was on mission, and he called us to be on mission, too. He did. Let's dig into it a little bit more on part two, if you guys want to check it out. This is Crosswalk.